0: On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, we reminisce about some of the stories we've covered to this point while launching a new fundraising effort. And we chat with one of Baseball Alberta's top athletes. Back for another episode in the basement. This is Alberta Dugout Stories podcast. I am Joe McFarland. He is Ian Wilson. Ian,
1: welcome back. Thank you for having me. Always Two a weeks pleasure. In a
0: row, man. <laughs> oh man, and yet drive all the way to Siberia to, uh, to get up here. So I appreciate the the effort that you're taking. I'm going to try to figure out how to make this uh, a mobile studio. And when I get to that point, it's going to be. I I think that's way too high tech. But if we get to that point, that'd be kind of cool. Like broadcast games and stuff, maybe. Let's
1: broadcast live from wherever. Al's Auto Parts. <laughs> Let's do it.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Al's Auto Parts, if you want to be a sponsor. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, Spe- don't kid. No, yeah, no, come it, sponsor it, it, us. Yeah, yeah. We, we are drinking uh, some Medicine Hat Brewing Company beer in case uh, they happen to be interested in uh, sponsoring yeah. us. If you want to be the beer sponsor of the podcast. This isn't about shilling. Oh, maybe it is. Never a little mind, bit, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, yeah. So for episode five here, uh, if, in case you missed it on the social media and on Alberta dugout com, on Friday, we launched uh, it's a bit of a fundraiser for us. So full disclosure here. Um, because we have some stuff, but at the same time, I think it's we want to reward and and kind of give away some things to some of you who happen to be uh, our biggest fans as well so if you've got you know those baseball fans in the on your Christmas list that you want to get some stuff for by all means that's what this is kind of all about.
1: tis the giving season and uh no better way than to to shop with us and full disclosure we're not a non nonprofit we're not a charity this is uh we're a startup venture, and uh, the funds raised will Support the work that we're doing,
0: mm-hmm. and, and it's uh, it's simple things like subscriptions or web hosting isn't cheap, uh, or the podcasting equipment or cell phone bills for that matter. I mean that's a that's been the big one to me. Mm-hmm. It's surprising. Uh, every so often where every month you get the bill and it's well, why did this one turn out to be a couple hundred bucks and then you go alright oh, that yeah. 20 minute phone call with the guy in Florida like Lars Davis for example which is uh, that one took off over the last couple yeah. of weeks uh, Vauxhall uh, it was Prairie, be- no, Prairie Baseball PBA. Academy that's right yep. uh, Prairie Baseball Academy thanks for the, the share on that one uh, resharing it because Lars is going to be in town in February uh, for a, a big speech and and to do there so looking board, hopefully we'll be able to make, uh, we'll try to make that trek down or make a few treks over the course of the next few months here because I know there's a lot of fundraisers and that kind of thing of the different academies and, and the different uh, different spots around the province. So leading into what's going to be a, a crazy, hectic baseball season. Awesome. Why don't we get started with uh, what we launched on the website on Friday and that is uh, the the silent auction. And Ian, you're the, you're the brainchild of this. So I'm going to let you explain what, in case people haven't checked it out, how this all works. Is it just a matter of going in, dropping an email and saying, hey, I want this and I'm willing to offer this. And if it's the highest bid that wins or can you upbid somebody or how does this all work?
1: Yeah, essentially. And, and how this idea came about was we had an in-kind sponsor that stepped up and said, hey, we're Aren't necessarily going to pay you cash, but we've got some some valuable items. So we're going to donate to you, and uh, you can do with it as you wish. And we said, hey, let's turn this into a fundraiser. Let's uh, auction some of this stuff off, uh, see how it sells. So some of that's some, some pretty nice baseball gear, which uh, we can talk about in a bit. And then just, uh, you know, in our travels, we also accrue some other items along the way. I'm a bit of a collector and- uh Order. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. This is and, why I
0: end up with <laughs> random free baseball cards every time you come here. Yeah,
1: well, you love it. <laughs> I, I do. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> so how it works is all the items that we have that are up for auction are on the website. Uh, there's going to be over 20 items, I believe. And uh, what you all you need to do is go to the website, have a look. If there's something that you like... Uh, there's a a pic, like I said, a picture of the item. There's a description of what the item is, if it's not already obvious and uh, a minimum bid. So all you have to do is email us at our, uh, email albertadugoutstories at gmail.com with a bid that is at the minimum bid or higher. And then at the close of the auction, we're not necessarily going to be sharing, uh, publicly what everyone has bid. Um, but we will basically determine who has the highest bids after the, the the deadline of uh of of the auction and we'll contact people who have those highest bids um and feel free to drop us a line if you're like hey like what's what's going on am i in the running here mm-hmm. we'll 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 let you know we'll play ball with you and let you know about that if there are bids that are tied we're we'll let people know hey you're you're tied with with this person well we won't divulge who it is right but we'll just let them know and if give them the opportunity to to bid things up and this is a first for us so we're we're just kind of trying it out see how it goes there's some other organizations that that do things like this um and hopefully there's enough there that that people like and want to bid on and uh pretty much all of it most of it is is baseball related and we can Talk about some of those items uh, if you'd like as well.
0: Sure. Let's, uh, what, what's one that really caught your eye right off the bat?
1: Uh, well, one of the, uh, of course, the Blue Jays are, uh, are big yeah. everywhere in Canada. Uh, the prize pack for the Blue Jays uh, uh, prize is uh, there's a backpack there that's a cooler bag with Blue Jays uh, logos on it, uh, collectible pin, keychain, uh, ball cap, and then there is a 1992 vintage large Blue Jays sweater. So, oh, wow, uh, yeah. <laughs> the- I don't know if that's
0: a good wow or a <laughs> bad wow, uh, but it's a wow. Yes. <laughs> so it's
1: a uh, beauty's in the in the eye of the beholder there, and of course we do a lot of stories about the Boy, Blue sure. Jays, uh, talking about the Meta Blue Jays usually, mm-hmm. um, and maybe I'll throw it back to you and ask you what. Uh, you've done you've done most. It seems like you've done most of the Blue Jays story. Given that
0: you're the one from Medicine Hat, I would (laughs) have thought that you would have ended up being the guy to do that. But you're you're the Calgary guy somehow (laughs) randomly. Uh, You know what the the fun one lately has been the Eric Kratz story, and it was amazing how many people reached out after that story was made public and. Uh, I I did reach out to to the Brewers in hopes that Eric would be able to get in touch with them, and I haven't heard back yet. Uh, hopefully, at some point down the line, uh, obviously he's got a, a few decisions to make. I'm, I'm sure there's talk of the R word and that. I mean, he's not a young pup by any stretch of the imagination anymore. But uh, Rolando Pino, his uh, manager in Medicine Hat, in the last season of the Medicine Hat Blue Jays. Uh, was a really candid interview, and uh and unfortunately the audio wasn't great um, because he was on cell phone and and it was it was kind of a, a rough connection. Um, but I was able to glean a, enough of comments to make a, a good roundabout story about it. But the number of people who uh, reached out after and said I remember Eric Kratz, was really cool to see. I, I didn't think that he'd have that much of an impact, but the way that Pino really uh, spoke highly of Kratz really made me believe the things that were being said about him with the Brewers and how he became sort of this figurehead of the veteran group there. And and so that was pretty cool to
1: see. Who doesn't love the journeyman story when it gets to the playoffs, yeah. like oh, especially yeah. if they're contributing. And he did in the playoffs. He had a good playoffs and, um, yeah, just a fun, fun story. And we do have one of the items we have, we have a selection of t-shirts that are up for grabs. One of them is a brewer's shirt. Oh, perfect. so you can <laughs> Yeah. You can rock the brewer's see, shirt. See if you can
0: logo it up through uh lids <laughs> or somebody and get, you know, Kratz 34, I think, or 38 on the back. I can't remember yeah, his number. Not I think sure. it's 38. But, not sure. You know, yeah. It's uh it's so yeah, that for me, that's the 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 big one for the the Met Hat Blue Jays. I mean, talking to Rob Deucey was pretty cool really early on about uh, some of the things that he's managed to accomplish was was pretty cool too.
1: Yeah, uh, some of the other items we have up for grabs. We've got a selection of uh, of different books uh, that. Uh, I I'm a baseball book nut. I can't go into a bookstore and not <laughs> pick out a book. And there's uh, it's just there's so much great fodder out there. Some of that is Alberta related. Usually I try and find something where there's Alberta connections. Mm. If you pick up a copy of David Wells uh biography he mentions medicine hat uh right. with frequency which is funny to funny to read Is it
0: in a good way or a bad way? Uh, a little bit of both. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I All mean right. he's talking about he, he stayed at the Assiniboine yeah. uh, back in the day so you know there's going to be some uh some color. <laughs> You know what's stories?
0: amazing? Speaking of the Asinaboya, I, I love that the Medicine Hat thing is gonna. All of a sudden, this episode's becoming about Medicine Hat. <laughs> but uh, one of the best stories w- over the last year or so, speaking of the Med Hat Blue Jays, was Lloyd Mosby getting inducted into yes. the uh, yeah. Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. And I was in on that conference call when he was inducted, and I an- end up at- getting to ask him a couple of questions about Med Hat. And he said the the craziest thing is uh, Lloyd's an Oakland boy. And he comes up to to Canada, and he was actually met uh, at the airport in a by a helicopter uh, and was helicoptered to the field, not on the field. It wasn't one of those situations, but <laughs> they had to rush him in to get him into the lineup for the Hat Blue Jays in 1978, and he ended up staying in the Assiniboia. And it was during that stay, he says, one morning, I wake up and... There's this ruckus outside, and I don't know what's going on, and I look out the window, and there's cows and horses, and it's just a giant free-for-all out yeah. there, and I'm I'm sitting there going, well, did I fly back to Kansas or something, <laughs> and didn't understand what it was, and, and I put two and two together and realized the Medicine Hat exhibition and Stampede was during one of those weeks. And sure enough, he must have been there for the parades. So, uh, but he, he had a pretty good chuckle about that. And I actually still randomly have the audio from that. So at some point in the next few weeks, I'll uh, I'll make sure to dig that up and, and share it with everybody for the podcast.
1: Excellent. And, and one of the prizes we have up for grabs too uh, uh, is uh, kind of a... Random selection of, uh, of baseball cards. Uh, that's the other thing I kind of hoard and hang on to <laughs> is is guys who have played in Alberta at some level. So right. be it Metasnap Blue Jays, Calgary Cannons, uh, Lethbridge Dodgers, uh, Edmonton Trappers. So uh, And whoever kind of wins that prize, we can work with them and, and kind of tailor it if there's a specific team that they want that's or fair. players that they want. We can we can work on that and getting getting back to the books a little bit. One of the books that we have is a, a copy of Jose Canseco's book, All oh, Perfect, which is entertaining in its own right. Yeah, but uh, we also did a story on. Uh, on Jose Canseco and his, uh, his time. The derby. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the derby that he didn't know he was taking part in.
0: That would be a fantastic mm-hmm. one that I want to resurrect on the on the podcast as well at some point, is bring in Drew Miller and some of those guys who yeah. were a part of some of the shenanigans of the Golden League. Yeah. And if I've got a recommendation for another podcast, uh, head on over to 30 for 30. And they've done a podcast on Ricky Henderson. And this was pre Calgary Vipers and Edmonton Cracker Cats days. This was 2005, but Ricky Henderson's 46 years old and still holding on to the dream of playing baseball and he ends up going and i can't remember which team he played for if it was san diego uh, but there was a he ended up playing on this golden league team and was kind of disappointed by the end of the season because he didn't get picked up and then he absolutely dominated in the playoffs and was stealing bases left right and center and hitting and clobbering home runs so it was uh it's a really fun listen it's 40 minutes and it's uh it's definitely worth it so
1: he was the greatest, after all. He, was. <laughs> he let
0: everyone know it. That was the other fascinating part about that podcast was uh, the fact that he was he was not shy about thinking that he was the greatest of all time. And then when you actually listen back to his uh, Hall of Fame induction speech, and it was a little more classy. And uh, it was fa- it, it does play some of that the clips from that. So it's a fascinating listen. Like I said, uh, thirty for thirty. If you want to check that one out,
1: awesome. Yeah, and and some of the items we have up for grabs too are uh, t-shirts. Uh, we've got some. We've got a pretty nice uh, Pacific Coast League t-shirt. Oh, a lot of these T-shirts were actually donated by uh, a guy that we play slow pitch with, oh, Steph okay. Chopik. Oh, perfect! Uh, so he shout out. Yeah, I know he listens to. He does listen, and he's been a big supporter of ours. Yeah. He's traveled to a lot of ballparks. He's also been to the, the Field of Dreams in in Iowa and uh, uh, the cornfields there, and check that out. And he's I think he's down to what like three or four yeah. parks left to, yeah. to major league baseball parks. Anyway, during his travels, he he found some of these really cool vintage uh, shirts and uh, donated those to us. So there's Minneapolis Millers and there's Pacific Coast League shirt that's that's pretty sweet. Um, I may have to bid on some of this <laughs> I stuff was myself. Say, we're, we're,
0: this is kind of <clears throat> self-defeating, isn't yeah. it? In the sense <laughs> yeah. when I'm looking at some of this stuff going, ooh. Yeah. Actually, speaking of, one of the, the items, and we announced it in last week's podcast and, and we announced it last week, but Easton... Is a proud supporter and sponsor of Alberta Dugout Stories now, and there are there's not one, but two different prize packs from them, and and it was funny when uh, they came in the mail and I opened them up, and my fiance saw what was in it and she went ooh. <laughs> Especially there's a pink bat in there Which is is going to be a favorite They're both baseball bats They're not slow pitch bats So uh, if you've got a young fan Who's looking to get uh, some new equipment That kind of thing uh, That's going to be the prize to, to take home for sure There's some pretty nice uh, equipment The glove the bag and the bat all uh, in two different packages.
1: Some there. really nice, nice swag. And, and some of those bats are so light. I know.
0: Like, <laughs> like, what What do I do? What do I do with this thing? Yeah. Like, I'm you used strike to out on one pitch. <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, What else is on the list?
1: So uh, other things we have on the list. So one of the t-shirts too is a, we talked about the Golden Baseball League, the Calgary Vipers. We've got some nice uh, Vipers t-shirts that uh, uh, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. If you live in Calgary and you're a baseball fan... Just classic look, right? I
0: do love that there is now a resurrection of the nostalgia. And I can't remember the name of the company out of Edmonton that we follow. in Ross Flats doing uh, a lot of Trapper stuff, which is phenomenal. I did see Lids, and I ended up buying a Calgary Cannons (laughs) ball cap uh, from Lids. And I know they had a Trapper's cap as well. And you're starting to see the momentum go. And I'm just waiting for a guy like Russ Parker to roll out and say, oh, by the way, I've had this quonset full of stuff that, yes. uh, you know, cannons, jackets, and stuff that uh, you guys can use. So oh, that'd I'd be so it. good. It'd be nice if you're listening. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Did you ever hear that story about the, uh, I think it was the ET game? Yeah. They got made. I think it was an Atari game or a Nintendo. I'm pretty sure it was Atari. Anyway, they built this, uh, this designed this game way back when gaming was just starting, and it flopped. It was it was terrible design. Right, just didn't work. They ended up burying in a landfill all these these uh, uh, tapes, cassettes, whatever, whatever the uh, whatever they are. And uh, they there's a really good documentary about digging this mm-hmm. stuff up. So we need to dig dig up the uh, cannons and and uh, uh trapper stuff before it ends up in the landfill <laughs> that, <laughs> it's,
0: it's so funny is again you go back to that nostalgia piece and and you talk about you know digging up old stuff and speaking of old stories like that remember the the stew stone uh story yes the, yeah, the, yeah. The, i can't remember the name. baseball, of the baseball card documentary yeah yeah and you actually met Stu and and broke a couple of tops 87 yeah. packs as well. That, how was that? I haven't really it talked was, to you about that since since the uh the documentary was played in Calgary.
1: Yeah, so the Jack of All Trades is the name right. of the documentary and Jose Canseco was in yeah, that. Yeah, he's the centerpiece of that. Yeah, one. and he kind of he explores uh a lot of the game or the uh the baseball card industry back in the in the 90s when everything went haywire and went uh, south as yeah. well. And there's a personal story there as well with his father. His father yep. owned a, a store. So it was a, it was a good documentary, but he, he did a really good job. It was at the Calgary Film Festival, I believe, where he was screening it. And um, at, after the show, he invited people to come back and crack packs of 1987 tops and uh they're beautiful cards. yeah they <laughs> are they are i'm, they are.
0: I'm yeah. there's two pat there's two series that i loved when i was a kid and i know you hate the 90 dawn <laughs> Russ, but i love them with every ounce that's of my the heart. red one the uh, red one's hundred percent blood red, red horror look, uh, terrible they, they look awful but i love them and the 87 tops and actually uh when i went to seattle in april with uh with aaron we went to a little shop on the on the beach, and sure enough, they had baseball cards in there. And so I was like, "Yep, if you got '87 tops, and they they had a bunch of those, and I think it was '88. Of course, donors. they do. <laughs> so everybody's <laughs> got them, apparently. But uh, yeah, it, it's a fantastic documentary if you yeah, get a chance to and, see and it because it's got a family aspect to it, but it's it also is nice to wax nostalgic, literally.
1: And one of the things he does is like he'll crack packs with the guys in the documentary and like, hey, you want to try the gum? And watching the reaction is interesting. (laughs) I went for it. I, I, whatever. How bad was it? It it wasn't that bad. It just, like, it disintegrates in your mouth. Right. So it doesn't really taste bad. It's just kind of like, that That's (laughs) So that's it. That's all. (laughs) All right. Yeah, Yeah. but...
0: Let's take a brief pause now and go back in time a bit. Now, Baseball Alberta had its annual AGM and Awards Banquet a couple of weekends ago. And unfortunately, we weren't able to get to Edmonton for that. But we have been able to start catching up with some of the award winners. This week, I caught up with Alberta's top midget AAA baseball player following in the footsteps of the likes of Matt Lloyd, Tanner Kerwer, Eric Sabrowski, and Matt Kootenay. This is Ben Prediger of the University of Calgary Dinos Academy. Ben, first off, congratulations on uh, winning the the mid-triple-A player of the year through Baseball Alberta. I'm wondering, when did you find out, and were you surprised by the award?
2: Um, I found out, uh, I was in school at the time, actually. And I just got an influx of, of texts from a whole bunch of people like Cam, my coach, my dad, he called me in the middle of class and he was ecstatic. He's, uh, just got a phone call. He won. And I mean, words could not describe the feeling. Uh, it was phenomenal. And, uh, I was, I was really taken by surprise because there was a lot of good players This league after uh, this year, I feel like the league was super competitive, and there was a lot of competition and a lot of good names in the ballot this year, and I was really honored to win it.
0: Now there's a lot of names on that list of players who've won before you that have gone on to some pretty good things even in the last couple of years like Matt Lloyd and Eric Sabrowski a few guys that are making an impact in post secondary education down in the states is that a path that you look at and you look at those guys and the names that are on that list and go I got a big uh, I got some big shoes to fill here
2: For sure um I definitely that's definitely always been the dream i've always wanted to play division one baseball and um those guys they were they're phenomenal uh even matt lloyd he's still tearing it up at iu in his senior season this year i think and um i mean it really is uh just motivation i feel like looking at those guys and it just makes you want to work harder and accomplish the same things if not better than what they've done
0: when you look back on 2018 what really stands out for you is maybe a highlight of your season or your team's season
2: Um, personally, I think it was our provincial run in the playoffs. I knew we had a, we had a good chance and we had to battle through uh, some adversities. Our coach was always uh, telling us that it's, it's the peak We're all, every game, it's just, we're reaching towards the top. And I really think we peaked at the right time, provincials Uh, couldn't, couldn't squeeze out the championship, but I mean, we made it farther than any junior down team in history. And I really think that's special and it's really special to be a part of that.
0: How important is it for you to be able to to set a bit of a bar, whether it's with a team or yourself personally, to to make sure that others after you or even yourself, you're trying to always set the bar just a little bit higher?
2: Um, I really feel like me being uh, a tenured player on this team and uh, kind of being the leader that I I think I was this year, uh, I really think practice uh, was always just put my head down, get to work and try to get my work done and get better every day. And, that uh, it has a domino effect. Like once one guy does it, another guy does it, and it uh, really just runs through the whole team. And we had a great group of guys this year who always who always were putting in work, and we like to work hard. So I think uh, I uh, I did a good job of that.
0: Where do you figure you get your work ethic from?
2: Ah, uh, my father, a hundred percent. He's been a big influence in my life. He played a really high level uh, of hockey down in the states, uh, and he's just. Been the biggest influence in my life he's up every day at five a m working out and I mean he's role model for me to just get better every day
0: so he played hockey and yet here you are playing baseball and I'm curious yeah. how that how you connect the dots there and how did you end up in baseball of all sports
2: Well, I played hockey for a bit and I wasn't that good at all but um my brother he was a big baseball guy my grandpa he was uh He's in the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame as a coach. He coached baseball and hockey, and my great-grandpa as well, he's in the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame for baseball, and he was a phenomenal baseball player. He never had a season under 300, and I really, um, they kind of inspired me hearing stories about them, but uh, really my brother, he got into baseball early, started in the Absolute Baseball Academy, and I followed in his shoes and uh, kind of just went from there, you know.
0: It's amazing to me, is especially in a, in a city and in a province where football and hockey are, are fighting for top spot. Here's baseball quietly just going about its business and doing its own thing and getting some pretty good success out of the deal as well. When you look at guys such, I'll look at even uh, a Mike Soroka, that kind of thing, where you've got guys who are having some success. Does it give you hope that, you know, one day you could potentially get up to the show as well?
2: Oh, for sure. I look at Mike. uh, He's been a big role model, not just for me, but for the whole country as well. I mean, uh, him, Ritsma, having guys like that out of your country, getting drafted as high as they have. And Mike making the show so early, that's uh, phenomenal. And I really think it gives kids like me, younger and league, kind of hope of playing in the major leagues. And I feel like it's not an out of reach goal. I feel like if I get to work in college and uh, do what I can do, what I know I can do, I feel like I have a good shot at making that happen.
0: You've mentioned the word work, so I have a feeling that if you look ahead to 2019, that might be the the key to success to keep the thing
2: rolling. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I I feel like if I match up with the right school and um, they give me what I need and I do my thing down there, I really feel like I get a good shot.
0: Is that a challenging thing as somebody in high school trying to, it's one thing to be, you know, just a regular student who's trying to figure out, you know, what school is going to be best for them, but it's got to be another thing to be factoring in, not just the scholastic part of things, but also the baseball side of things as well. How much do you weigh baseball versus scholastic in terms of your post secondary education?
2: I really feel like it's all about balance in life in general. I really think it's all about balance, but, um, I really I do prioritize my baseball because I feel like that might be my ticket in life, perhaps, um, and I really do prioritize that, but school is really important. Keeping a high GPA, um, your SAT score, it's, it all adds up, and I feel like I really like to keep it even and balance them up, but um, I really do prioritize them both equally.
0: How much uh, in terms of advice or that do you get from other guys who've gone through, you know, maybe they're a couple of years older, they're they're now going through uh, the the post-secondary route and, and you see them having success. How many guys or which guys do you lean towards to kind of get a little bit of a feel for what's to come in the in the years ahead?
2: Um, I really lean towards uh, Cam McLaughlin, my coach. He had a, phenomenal career down south uh played at good schools and uh really thrived down there as well as jared kennedy we became friends a couple years back uh my first year on the junior dinos we were throwing partners actually and um now he's doing really well down at kinesis um they just won the mac and he's a really good really good dude to be around and he has a lot of knowledge and he's really helped me out through all this stuff
0: that's one of the things that I've I've heard over and over and over again, whether it be from uh, recruiters and coaches or players, is that it's not just about being a good ball player, but it's being about being a good human being at the end of the day. And how much of that weighs in on it, whether it's the leadership aspect or anything else when it comes to baseball, that it's you've got to be paying attention to more than the stat
2: line? Yes, sir. Uh, a lot of... There's a lot of components that do come into recruiting and whatnot, but it's uh, leadership's one of those things that I feel kind of goes unnoticed. Um, I mean, you could have the best player in the country, and um, but was, if he's not a team guy and he's not putting up good quality at bats for the team, but he's only worried about his stat line, you're not going to do very well. But if you got a good team guy, leadership, and he really, he'll do anything for the guy right next to him. I feel like that helps your team win a lot of ball games.
0: Ben, uh, again, congratulations on uh, the victory and and the uh, the award over the last couple of weekends here through Baseball Alberta and continued success as you go through the, the next steps in your baseball journey.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: Ben Prediger of the University of Calgary Dinos Academy, the Baseball Alberta Midget A Player of the Year, awarded earlier on this month. We have a few more interviews with award winners coming up over the next few weeks here on Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. Ian, let's dive back into the nostalgia part of what we're doing here with this fundraiser. We've talked teams, we've talked cards, we've talked bubblegum, all kinds of crazy things. You had a really cool experience earlier this year in Edmonton with a former Trappers star.
1: Speaking of so like some of the nostalgia and one of the cards that was a collectible back then, Ron Kittle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a story on him. He came back for uh, the, the Edmonton Prospects Nostalgia Night this year, which ended yeah. up getting rained out, which sucked. Yeah. I, it sucked for the team. I felt bad for, uh, for everyone who organized that. But I, on the plus side, I got a chance to interview him and, mm-hmm. and meet Ron Kittle and actually go golfing with him. And we've got a, a signed ball of his. Uh, it's actually a PCL ball, too, a oh, Pacific cool. Coast League ball. Uh, and it, he signed it with his 83 uh, rookie of the year um, symbol underneath his name. And I mean, what? He had the, the best. Season, I yeah. think of anybody who ever played in Alberta. Fifty yeah. home runs. That was hundred and thirty-nine RBI or and something. And when you crazy. think about
0: some of the great seasons that were had here, and I look at uh, Tim yeah. Salmon had an incredible year in nineteen ninety-two, I think it was with the Trappers, and you had Danny Tartable's crazy year in nineteen ninety-five. Tino Martinez. Tino Martinez said, yeah. like to think that Kittle had as good of a year as he did. Is something incredible, and it was it was really cool of the the Trappers or pardon me the the prospects to do a Trappers uh, retro night, and I hope we see more of that. Like I hope uh, the Mavericks do um, Blue Jays retro night. I hope the 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 Bulls do a Expos or Dodgers night, and you know what? I know it's not Calgary, but the Dogs could do a Cannons night, and everybody would eat it up.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the Vipers did that, I believe, one night. They, they, they did, did yeah. throwback cannons, jerseys. And uh, yeah, I mean, Kittle himself, he was a character. He played with the Lethbridge Dodgers as well. That's he right started, out, yep. started out there. So um, uh, just a great story and a great character to kind of t- get to meet. One of the other signed balls that we have is Chris Rietzma, cool. who's legendary in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Baseball's uh, circles, he's still scouting for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, And he
0: knows this kid. um, What's his name? (laughs) He pitched with the Atlanta Braves this last year. Mike, I think. Uh, Some Mike guy. I don't know. He gets all the headlines. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. 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 Mike Soroka (laughs) is also a part of this by the looks of your list here.
1: Yeah. We've got some rookie cards of Mike Soroka and, uh, uh, Brent Cooper, who's uh, a friend of the program, friend of, mm-hmm. the, of the website. <laughs> uh, he's the guy who uh, we talked about earlier in the home run derby with uh, Ken Seiko. He was the guy who went head-to-head against him at the time. Just a great guy to talk to and just very involved in the baseball community. And he went to Mike's uh, debut game against the Mets. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And uh, he brought back some some rookie cards for us and donated those to us. Which is great to see. So we've got some of those up for grabs, and uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, so just an interesting year for Mike Soroka in yeah. general. We hope he has. Uh Healthier year next year, mm. and uh, hoping to have him on the
0: podcast. i Have been uh, messaging him back and forth as well, and hoping to have him on the show before too long as well to kind of put a wrap on 2018 and look ahead to what is to come in
1: 2019. Uh, does that put up a, an end to the list, or are we pretty oh, We got lots, of, we stuff. Got so much we got lots of stuff. We got so much more. One of the one of my favorite interviews that I did uh, this year was with Willie Steele. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a book about W.P. Kinsella. Uh, biography, a definitive biography on W. P. Kinsella. Uh, for those who don't know who W. P. Kinsella is, uh, Google wh- him. Oh, please, please <laughs> get to know his writing. Get to know he's he's one of the the poet laureates of of baseball, and he's an Alberta guy. Yeah. he he was he was born in Alberta, uh, born in Edmonton, raised in the Edmonton area, uh, taught at the U of C. Which he didn't enjoy at all, but uh, and he wrote uh, he wrote Shoeless Joe, which of course was the basis of the movie Field of Dreams. Uh, he's written uh, several other. He's since passed, but he's um, written several other baseball books, uh, Thrill of the Grass, and just great imagination, great writing, and just for those who get poetic and uh, and you know occasionally misty eyed about the game, which I'd, I'm guilty of. I, I just, I love Kinsella's stuff. So it was really good to talk to Willie Steele about him. He had access, he had, he had met him. Uh, W.P. Kinsella asked him to write his biography for him. And he said, you know, I don't want it just to be all the good stuff. You, do you write about my life in full. And uh, he had access to all these uh, letters and diaries and, and everything else. And uh, just a really good... Uh, really fun interview to do, uh, and so that's one of the prizes we have. Is we've got uh, it's a copy of Box Socials, which is set in Alberta mm-hmm. by W.P. Kinsella, hard, hardcover copy, and um, Going the Distance, which is the biography by Willie Steele. So, um, again, that's that's one I might be, be bidding on. <laughs> so, and one I of hope the hope you're ready to go broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might have to have some explaining to do with the wife, but um, <coughs> Excuse me. Um one of the other prizes uh that we've had kind of in our back pocket for a little while mm-hmm. that I think will be a fun one is uh we've got a big rock brewery uh tour and and beer tasting for 10 people. Uh you'll be stuck with Joe and I on this uh <laughs> Sorry for the <your> luck. <laughs> Uh, well, you can you can kick us off of the true. the bill if you want, but what we'd like to do is basically uh, come out with you. We'll have some beer. Uh, we'll we'll do the brewery tour and we'll talk baseball. Yeah, uh, we'll do what we're doing right now. You can pick our brains on any of the the players, past, present, uh, upcoming. I'd say future,
0: but we can't. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have crystal balls. So <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and uh, I I think that'll be a fun one. Yeah. Uh, that's I think that's got to be used up by June of, of next year. But uh, just, uh, again, another fun way of us getting to get out and, and meet some of the people who follow us mm-hmm. and, and are in tune with what we're doing. Yeah, so.
0: I can't wait for... I think that's going to be a good one to do, like April, May, when baseball season just gets started and everyone wants to sit on a patio. And I uh, can't wait. Yeah, love it. Waxing the <laughs> about how summer was. <laughs>
1: And that's, yeah, I mean, there's a few other items on there. Uh, we've got, um, for those who collected the, uh, the the McFarlane figures, we've got uh, Pedro yes. Martinez. No uh, relation, by the way. Just <laughs> to throw that one out there. I've been asked
0: that a couple of times.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, and he played, you found this out in your story as well about Lloyd Mosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pedro was inducted to the Canadian he Hall was. of Fame. And he pitched, was it in Billings?
0: Yeah, he was one of the Montana boys. I can't remember off the top of my head if it was Billings or not, but he, he yeah. actually answered. It was funny. Is I didn't ask him any questions in that, but he he alluded to. Oh, I remember Alberta, and and there's a couple of interesting um, uh, stories from the the. Uh, newspaper archives and and looking in how they were sleeping on the floor of the buses and yeah. that kind of thing. It's uh, it it wasn't cla- It wasn't uh, all glitz and glamour. I guess we'll put it that way when it came to uh, the Pioneer League by any stretch of the, the imagination.
1: That's right. Yeah, and then one of the other figurines that we have is uh, Ken Griffey Jr. My all-time favorite baseball player. Again, I'm going to be maybe bidding on this, uh, a pro action figure, which is one that actually kind of moves and oh, can okay. hit, hit the ball kind of thing. And if you're wondering, well, what connection does Griffey have to Alberta? And it's it's not much of one. No. <laughs> he that was, was one the of one our that,
0: very first stories, by the way.
1: Yes, he was the one that got away, him and uh, and Big Pappy. Yeah. Uh, they just did all these little dances with Alberta and came very close. Of course, Griffey Jr. skipped... From Double A straight to Major Leagues, mm-hmm. uh, did not play with with the Calgary Cannons. He did come back. He did play in the exhibition games. Right. Uh, so they used to do exhibition games between the Triple A ball club and uh, the big the big league team, right. and Griffey did participate in those. Uh, but yeah, didn't wear the, the
0: the red and yellow of the Calgary. Cannons. <laughs>
1: yeah, he, he got away. <sighs> so Unreal. Yeah, that's and, sad. That's most of the list, but, yep. yeah, go to the website and have a look and please bid and bid often and <laughs> generously and, yeah, hopefully you've liked some of the stories that we've told about some of the items that we're mm. we've got up for grabs, I know. Yeah, I mean, it can stay in my basement. That's fine. <laughs> but but we'd rather give it to people who, who love it as well.
0: Absolutely. Uh, that is going to do it for another edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, head on over to iTunes and Google Play. And while you're there, make sure to leave us a review or a rating. Uh, leave us a comment there as well, because the more you do that, the better chance we have of Moving up the ladder and getting noticed by bigger and better people, I guess, if uh, you want to call it that. Uh, as well, you can always follow us on the three major social media platforms, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, by all means, we'll have many, many more stories to come on albertadugoutstories.com. One of the big ones, and we're going to let the cat out of the bag on this one. I, I I shouldn't say that we're really letting the cat out of the bag, I guess, uh, given that we have been... Uh, kind of asking around a little bit, is coming up in the month of December. We are going to dive a little more into the major academies here in Alberta, uh, give a little bit of a profile to them all. I know I know, during the the initial stages of the Western Major Baseball League season, I know it's Western Canadian Baseball League season now, but uh, when it was the WNBL, we did season previews for them all. And we thought it'd be great to give a little bit of a shout-out and, and show off what's happening behind the scenes with uh the academies and so over the next few weeks you're going to start seeing stories popping up uh on all four of the big ones that we are aware of but by any uh by all accounts if you have uh recommendations on ones that maybe we're missing i know uh, the four that we've got in our mind right now uh obviously with the dogs academy Vauxhall, uh, as well as badlands and prospects academy uh, those have been the big four and obviously lately a lot of news out of those guys because uh, a lot of their players are now signing commitment letters with colleges and that kind of thing so uh, great news on that front but we're going to give you a little bit of a uh, a preview and 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 that kind of thing uh, give you a little bit of a uh, profile that's the word i was looking for not preview <laughs> profile uh on the four big ones there so uh, ian any parting words before we let the listeners go
1: not really play ball play ball in our auction that's, that's, I, <laughs> that's like what it. Be, I like uh, it. batter up
0: uh, a great job by ian wilson on putting that all together and making sure that uh, you guys have some great options heading into the christmas season for sure so again a giant thank you one and all for listening to Alberta dugout stories the podcast we'll see you all next time